What's up, horror fans? Anchor Pete here, and I am with my good friend Danny, Doctor Zayas, God. Danny, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. What's going on, man? Well, I would say that this is the lesser cast, but you know what? There has been a change. Danny and I have decided to change the name of the channel, and it's going to be called now. Danny, you want to give it away? The Horror Dads. Boom. So if you want to look us up on YouTube, just type in Horror Dads. Not even the. We're just getting right to the point. And if you want to look us up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other podcast, just Horror Dads. I changed it all up today. Yeah. Uh, Danny, you want to tell them why we made the change? I I mean, I think the Lazarcast was a, a good name for us to get started. Uh, our, our whole goal when we started this about a year ago during the pandemic um, was – uh, you, Chris, and I were gonna, you know, talk about movies with a focus on Mike Flanagan, and we start. We did that. We covered a bunch of Flanagan movies, um, and I love that you kept on the logo the Lasser Glass mirror itself. Uh, so our channel was named for the Lasser Glass from Oculus, which was one of the first full in-depth reviews that we did. But we also kind of felt like we're a horror channel. And the Lasser cast is kind of difficult to explain to people <laughs> who might not be in the horror community or it, it's very niche. Um, Pete and I both have uh, young kids. You probably know this one a little bit. Charlotte's been on our channel many times before. <laughs> now get out. No. Uh, Charlotte's been on our channel a bunch, and I know, Pete, you and your daughter, Pepper, you do videos on your Anchor Pete channel all the time. She's mm -hmm. very big into genre work and uh, Superman and, and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so we kind of felt like, well, what do Pete and I have in common that really will grab attention? Well, we're both into horror. We're both dads. And, hey. Whoa. And... That's what we went with. So we're going mean, to... We're both uh, incredibly good looking too, but I think that, horror hunks was taken. So yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I have to say, I did watch uh, your and Brian's review of Loki this week, and I was too distracted by you guys flashing your chests and your shirts. <laughs> that, was, that was very... It, yes. I almost couldn't pay attention to the video. <laughs> you got you to love Danny, man. He just pimped like all three of my YouTube channels in one sitting. That is, cheers to that, brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like I, I just feel like we're the channel is really not going to change all that much. We're still going to be no. covering topical things in horror, but um, you know, I I like the idea of. Uh, for the last few years, I've been trying to get Charlotte into more and more horror movies. She loves showing off the list of horror movies she watches. I know that you've been trying to like ease Pepper into like a more horror genre stuff. So if yeah. that means we cover more gateway horror stuff, and I feel like the movie that we're going to talk about today could actually be sort of like a gateway horror type of movie because, uh, it, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. Sure. Um, and uh, the and, and the other thing we were going to talk about uh, today, which the sad breaking news that Richard Donner uh, passed away. He yeah. he directed The Goonies, which right. not a horror movie, but certainly has some scary moments in it. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, I, I remember seeing One Eye Willie 
the, the pirate skeleton as a kid, and that, that messed with me the first time anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. There's so many movies that we saw when we were our daughter's ages, because Danny's daughter is 11, I believe, right? She's turning 11 in December, yeah. Okay, okay. My, my daughter's about to turn 11 this week, and so, um, you know, the kind of stuff that we saw when we were around their age is the 80s, or actually, I think it'd be the 90s for us. Yeah, um, early 90s. <laughs> right, it was the 90s for us, but then we got to see all these movies growing up from the 80s. And there's so many things in there that have some really scary moments in them, even though they're not considered horror movies. The Goonies is a great example. I mean, even little silly things like Pee Wee's Big Adventure with like Large Marge. You just mentioned um, uh, Richard Donner. Now, I know he didn't make Superman 3, but Superman 3 has like one of the scariest things you've ever uh, seen right <laughs> uh, uh, yeah the, the 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 robot lady at the end of Sp uh, superman 3 is forever the, the scariest moment in a non-horror movie speaking yeah. of scary moments in richard donner movies we were just talking about this before the omen is legitimately the scariest movie i have ever seen uh mm -hmm. my parents showed me that when i was about nine or ten Oh wow! And it took me about three viewings because I ran out of the room several times. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm one of those rare Omen over Exorcist people, uh, and and Richard Donner between Superman and and the Goonies and all the Lethal Weapon movies, yeah. uh, just so much great stuff. He even directed a few episodes of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay. Uh, TV series, Scrooged. I know. Yeah. Talk about another movie that has horror elements to it. Yeah. We mentioned Scrooge in our um, best of, like Christmas episode yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, um, we like because we're these, you know, dads and that we've, we've seen these movies since we were kids, we have a perspective, but it's cool to bring in Charlotte and to bring in Pepper because they can have this fresh perspective on things. Like what might have scared us. They might not even get scared by nowadays. And then things that we think now are nothing might really scare them. Yeah. Right? You know, like we, the movie that we're going to be talking about today is the new uh, Josh Rubin film, Werewolves Within. And she watched, she came in and sat for about like 10 minutes of it. And she had some critiques about the werewolf at the, you know, spoiler alert, the movie's called Spoilers. Werewolves Within. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, she, her first comment was, I've seen better werewolves because she's seen American Werewolf in London. She's seen uh, Silver Bullet. Uh, what I've else? seen like Bad, like Bad Moon. Bad Moon. Yeah, she's seen a few uh, pretty cool uh, werewolf movies. So, yeah, Ginger okay. Steps? She hasn't watched that one yet. I think she went to bed early that night uh, when it played on Joe Bob, but I have yeah. it on DVD, so nice. I can always play that for her. Right. That's one of my favorites. I, oh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah, um, we can uh, we can kind of jump right into Werewolves Within, but just so you guys know, just from now on, we're still going to bring in the same kind of content, like Danny said, but we'll probably see a little bit more with Charlotte, and we'll see a little bit more with Pepper, and, uh, you know, just being dads, that's something you don't really see on these horror channels that much. You see a lot of middle-aged white dudes like us, but not all of them bring in their kids. So, uh, Danny, you ready to take a trip to Beaverfield with me? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so guys... Uh, we're going full spoilers to talk about Josh Rubin's sophomore effort, Werewolves Within. And Dan, you talked about uh, this being like maybe potentially a gateway. This is actually based on a video game. Did you know that? I I didn't know that until I did know. What 
I knew about it today, but okay. I did not know about it originally um, uh, until somebody posted like over a month ago. Somebody was like, Werewolves Within may be the new best video game movie of all time. And I went, <laughs> right. what? Yeah, what the hell and are you talking about? One of the producers is Ubisoft, which I'm right. assuming is the, the game company that, have you ever played the game? I think that's uh, actually an erectile dysfunction pill, Ubisoft. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, low hanging fruit. But uh, yeah. no, I haven't played the game, but I saw that it was made for uh, PlayStation 4 VR. And that makes me want to try it because I actually just got a PlayStation 4, just got VR. So I want to try that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I haven't uh, played the game, but I know that it's sort of like in a medieval setting, but it has the same trappings as this movie. It's a bunch of people in an inn. And you're trying to figure out which character is the werewolf. I I subscribe to a uh, a YouTube channel called No Rules Barred. It's a an English uh, YouTube channel that focuses on board games, and they always talk about a board game called Werewolf, um, and about like where it's like a a game where like you sit in a circle and everybody gets cards and somebody's the secret werewolf and you have to like deduct who is the werewolf based on questions and clues and they always rave about that game and i saw even though i've i've also never played that game i saw a lot of that in this movie too like sure, sure. so i maybe werewolves within the vr game has like its roots in the the board game werewolf uh, yeah maybe i would not be surprised the, the movie itself is billed as a whodunit with teeth and so that's the whole thing. That's the whole fun thing is which one of these people is the werewolf? And uh, you have this cast of characters. Now, here's my first question for you. Do you like this cast of characters? Or do you think that, hey, there's a lot of actors I like in there, but maybe the characters aren't that great? How do you feel? I, I like some of them. Okay. I dislike others. Uh, I think <laughs> I, but I think that was kind of the in intention. Like there's some characters that are just written to be unlikable characters. Right. And, but I think the, the thing that, that kept me interested in this movie was how much I did like the two main characters. Oh, okay. So I, 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 I feel like I, I liked Finn uh, played by Sam Richardson. I really liked uh, Cecily played by Milana Vaintraub. Uh, yeah, and I, I absolutely loved Doctor Ellis, <laughs> played by <laughs> Rebecca Henderson, the, who she she had a very Tilda Swinton vibe to her. Okay, um, did you see the Dead Must Die, the Jim Jarmusch no. zombie no. movie that came out? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she rem she felt like a character out of that movie. Okay. Where it sh every line, like the way she would just pop up in the background or like show up to the side, it, like I, I really had fun with that character. Yeah, but but I think a lot of the characters are just not meant to be liked, and it yeah it does kind of drag the movie down. Whereas like I feel like a movie like Knives Out, which this movie felt a lot like Knives Out. Yeah, uh, Knives Out had so many big time actors who were having so much fun. Like I, you weren't supposed to like Chris Evans in Knives Out, but he was so funny in that role that you just, you felt in, into loving that character. 
Whereas wow. here, it's like uh, uh, the woman who plays Trisha, you're just like, or like that character of Trisha, you're just like, ah. Uh. And then there's yeah. that, that other couple, like Gwen and Marco, or I think, where I'm just yeah. like, like, it felt like they're just there to pad the uh, the, the death count. Death count? Like this was like a, a slasher movie or like a werewolf movie, you know? I do. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is that for me, I might have like led you a little bit with my question because I was like, do you like those actors, but not the characters? Because some of these actors are people that I've seen recently in things and I've really loved them in other things. Like you mentioned Trisha, that's Michaela Watkins. And she was on uh, the most recent season of Search Party. And she was like super funny as this lawyer in that show. And then you also have Michael Chernis, who you might recommend, uh, recognize him from like Spider-Man Homecoming. He was like the tinkerer, right? Yeah. And he's also in Orange is the New Black. He's like Piper's uh, brother. Go ahead. I, no, there was just like so many of the actors in this movie I'm looking at going, where, where, where do I, like, I, and I looked up all of them and yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I know these actors, but I don't know where I know them from. Like, I know... The guy you just mentioned being from Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay, I, I know that one. Um, the guy who played Emerson, the, the yes. hunter, yes. he's been in a million things. Oh, and I love him in like almost everything. Yeah. He's on the show Billions. He's a lawyer on that. He's great. He was in uh, like so many HBO things. He's on Boardwalk Empire. He's on True Detective, the first season. Yeah. You know, he's great. And when I was watching the movie, because he had like this thick beard and long hair, he doesn't usually have long hair. Yeah. I was like, I was like, who is that? And, and he was really good in this. But I just felt like I've liked all these actors in other things. And I felt like this movie has been was kind of uneven. You, you know, like for this movie, I, I really liked Scare Me a lot. Scare Me made it to our top 10 of 2020, right? Yes. That, and, that and, was written and directed by Josh Rubin, which is why obvious comparisons. Right. And, and Josh Rubin, he's kind of like this Twitter darling right now. Whenever I see his little face on Twitter, I'm like, oh, I like that guy. He's fun. Um, but then, like, he did not write this, right? It was written by uh, Misha Wolf. It's an appropriate last name for this, right? And um, I just feel like it's kind of uneven. There's, there's some jokes that land and that are really funny. Like, just right off the top of my head, there's a scene where, like, the sheriff asked, does everyone have guns or who has guns? Raise your hands. And, and the one guy, he's like, he just, he's like, America. Yeah. Like, he just, <laughs> you know, he's like, America, I, of course. And I like, I like Trisha just waving around the little gun and she's right. like pointing it at everybody. And she's like, what? Right. It's just little. Right. Yeah. And, and so th there's little moments like that. And, and you have some really excellent comedic actors. I, I forgot to mention when I was listing them all, you also have um, Harvey uh, Guillen. Right, exactly. Who plays Guillermo on who, the, what we, well, the what we do in Shadows? He's right. he's amazing. I love him in everything. Uh, yes, like I liked him. Uh, I liked him towards the the end. Uh, he got a little more uh, stuff to do on screen. But like again, like I go back to um, uh, Doctor Ellis, the character. I, I wrote down the line where she says to the the inn owner, she goes. Very like deadpan. She just goes, "I'm going to find out what killed your dead husband," and I was, <laughs> I was like, "I don't know why that line just made me laugh out loud." I was like, "I'm going to find out what 
killed your dead husband. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's the way she would pop up on the screen. Like, I really dug that. But then, like, she was, like, one of the first characters gone. And I was like, oh, all right. Oh, okay. man. And you assume that she was killed by the werewolf hunter guy, right? Yeah, that was another thing. Like, uh, in terms of the, the writing where that character... So, like, was he a millionaire who had a pipeline? Because the whole thing was, like, apparently he's been traveling from town to town hunting a werewolf, but he's also been in this town for long enough to establish a pipeline that has the whole town in at odds with each other. So I was really confused about that plot point a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you who I, I, I kept waiting for it to be. Um, I, we're, we're talking spoilers now. I kept waiting for it to be Janine, uh, the, the woman who ran the inn. Because she, you know, there's like an unwritten rule in horror movies where if the character's not dead and they're not on screen, well, there's usually, you know, either they're the, the, un, the, un, the unseen like villain or their dead body is going to turn up as a jump scare. Right. And so she spent a lot of time off screen towards the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. That's going to be the big reveal. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's very possible that in the version, like the multiple drafts of the script, maybe they had different ideas of who the killer was going to be. And they thought, well, maybe this guy will be a werewolf hunter. Maybe he'll be the billionaire. I felt like, he legitimately did have the pipeline there and maybe he just on this side job or like his hobby he hunted werewolves right yeah but there there was absolutely a hundred percent a commentary like a political commentary with like you know having a pipeline and then there's sort of like the right wing people and then there's the left wing people and and but the I way that like, yeah i feel like the movie didn't take sides at all because it portrayed no. everybody it's like the right, the right wing people who are like we'll take the money like go, like let them dig are like so caricatures and right. then like you of course have like this woke millionaire tech gay couple as like right. the far left and i'm like okay yeah, this movie's yeah. going to the extremes to make everybody look silly which mm -hmm. is fine that's you know that movie the hunt that came out that 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 was hugely controversial there was no controversy because every character was such a caricature that it should not have, like anyone with common sense knows that this is a satire. Yes. And, right. Yeah. yeah you're, you're absolutely right. That like on both ends of the spectrum, the characters are kind of goofy. They're also very self-involved and, 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 and evil. Cause so, some people just kill each other just randomly too. Right. Like Trisha kills that, millionaire tech guy you were talking about yeah. so it stabs and, him with like a maple sap thing and he neck. was he's another actor who's been in a million things cheyenne jackson i think his name right is. he was in american horror story um he was in a, a few other things that i remember i i've seen him many times before uh but yeah and i got to a point where i i started to think maybe there isn't a werewolf in this movie. Right. And that and that started to make me think of one of our other favorite horror movies mm -hmm. from last year, right. uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, right. uh, which is a movie very similar where there's, you know, a small town in the in the winter, in, in, in the cold, and 
there's a, a werewolf that is attacking people. And, you know, I don't want to go into spoilers for that movie. We, we talked about it. We, we all loved it. Um, but this movie did kind of feel like that a little bit. It did. Yes. It did have a very scare me vibe, also with the whole people in the in the snow being locked inside. I also think it's very strange that this movie, being a snowbound, contained thriller, came out right after, like on July Fourth weekend. <laughs> you know, like you would think it would come out in the winter. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like the whole like the weather plays a huge part in this movie. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the thing. Looking at a new movie with characters in the snow. I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to come out sooner, but you know, it got pushed back. I don't know. Yeah, who knows with COVID and stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, the thing with uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow, there are absolutely always going to be comparisons between this and Wolf of Snow Hollow, just because they're so close in release time to each other, right? And I mean, you know, my wife has seen the trailer for this, and she's a huge fan of Wolf of Snow Hollow. And she's like, oh, is this a Wolf of Snow Hollow ripoff? I just kind of feel like this is like a Dante's Peak and Volcano kind of situation. Yeah. You know, where it's and like it's a bug's life. You know, it, right. it happens. Deep Impact and Armageddon. It was like all 1998. Every movie had a twin. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, I mean, ultimately, though, I, I do like Wolf of Snow Hollow a lot better. It's a different situation. It's much more of like a character study. This is more of a whodunit. Even though the Who Done It is part of Wolf of Snow Hollow as well, um, what I will say though is that this is very similar to what I said in my Fear Street 1994 review, which is that I liked this a lot more on the second half versus the first half, and I have to say that I liked the characters more by the second half as well. I, I don't know if this maybe is just something I'm not picking up on, and as I'm getting into horror, but it just seems like. The more the characters are in peril and what they do in peril makes them more compelling versus like when we just see them in their everyday lives. Like the sheriff, for instance, uh, I felt like, uh, so what's that actor's name? That's um, uh, Sam, Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. I don't really know him from anything. I know he's in like Veep and it looks like yeah, he's done some voiceover work. Yeah, yeah. But. I just from the posters, the, the trailers and stuff, and just watching him in this, he just seems like he has like a natural kind of likability. Like you just kind of like this guy, yeah. even if he's not saying anything, right? But I felt like his character, where he's just kind of like mumbling and bumbling and stuff, it, it kind of made me unlike or dislike him. Now, there is one part at the very end where I was like, oh, this is maybe my favorite part of the whole movie, was when we find out who the werewolf is. And they are about to attack him, and they say that essentially his flaw is that he's nice. And he does this whole rant about it's okay to be a nice person, right? And he kind of like loses his temper. That was probably my favorite part in the whole movie. And it seemed like that was his whole arc was like yeah. that he was sort of a, a pushover, but it's okay to be a good person. And and then I love I I do love the idea that uh, they meet this like basically woodsman who wants nothing to do with the town and he he ends up converting him to his side by talking about mr rogers who mr rogers starts with a quote from mr rogers about like friendly neighborhoods and Very he's like point. i thought about i thought about what you said about mr rogers and i'm like <laughs> ah so you know being nice actually 
you know, it worked. And and that scene that you talked about where he like he has enough where everybody's like keeps talking uh, as he's about to talk, he keeps getting cut off, and he finally stands up and he's like, I'm gonna talk now, and he throws an object against the wall, and as he's about to talk, the woman just mumbles like that was a really expensive piece of china. <laughs> and again, I thought that was just like a perfectly timed funny line. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought overall this movie, I, I might enjoy it more on rewatches. Sure. Uh, I, I feel like now I, do I think it has the, the watchability or the rewatchability of a movie? Like I've seen this movie compared to Clue a lot. And I don't really get that mm. unless like you, you had mentioned before, I would have loved this movie if like when the movie ended, they were like, I can't believe that person was the werewolf. And then it went, but what about, and then they showed another ending where another, because then it, that, it, that would have like felt almost like a video game where it's like every time you play a video game, something different could happen or you go a different path in, in like a haunted house and you know you you know you play the resident evil games i'm sure like there's different passageways where if you go one way you face different monsters oh and yeah well a game like werewolves within it would have like a different person be the werewolf yeah. each time that so i i thought i i saw all these clue comparisons and i was like i didn't really see clue i definitely saw i definitely excuse me, I definitely felt a Knives Out vibe from, like, the loud characters who all are forced right. together in, in, like, this kind of large estate type of place. Uh, but I didn't see Clue. Uh, it also kind of reminded me of this really uh, older horror movie called The Beast With It. Uh, the Beast Must Die. Which okay. It's, it's a movie about a group of people who are locked... I think... Is it Peter Cushing? Peter Cushing might be in it. Where okay. it, it's basically a bunch of people in uh, a castle, and one of them is a werewolf, and they're trying to figure out who it is over oh, like cool. dinner. It's not <laughs> the best movie, but it's a cool premise, and I kind of yeah. feel like maybe maybe that was the genesis of the video game. Is but, it a Hammer movie? I'm not sure. I I, I think it might be up on Shutter. Um, it was on Prime for free not long ago, so I might go. I'll go look for it after, you know. Yeah, but, uh, that might be a good movie to throw up on our channel too. And yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, overall, what were your like? Would you you say you like this movie? Loved it. I, I, I think yeah, okay. we're kind of on the same page. Yeah, okay, so so like I said, I watched Scare Me, I loved Scare Me, and it sort of endeared me towards Josh Rubin. And I think that the main reason why I felt that way is because it's about a writer who, he's like so passionate about writing that he goes and rents out a cabin, right? But then he's sort of a, a hack, and he doesn't really have anything to say for his name, right? I could like really relate to that. And and that, that character rings so true. Um, and everyone is just like praising this movie up and down, but I thought it was gonna be this really outstanding kind of movie. And I feel like, like just the jokes kind of fall flat. There's a lot of things that like, oh, that's what they chose to do there. Like they're just doing that to be silly. Um, 
it just didn't get me the way that Scare Me or uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow got me. You know, so like if I was going to rank it or whatever, I would say that it's like maybe like a 7.5 or so. You know, whereas yeah. I think a lot of sites and like people on Twitter and stuff are like, this is a 10. This is incredible. I, I just don't feel that way. Yeah. You know? I, I, I think we are in the minority compared to, like you said, I've seen nothing but absolute praise for this movie. And, and I absolutely did. I absolutely liked it. Let me put yeah. it that way. And yeah. I, I probably would go, if we're doing it out of 10, I would probably go like a six and a half to a, to a low seven. Okay. Something in the, let's put it this way. I rented it for six ninety nine on Vudu, and I totally feel like I got my money's worth. I don't regret spending money on it. And I would totally recommend everybody go out and rent this movie or buy it on VOD or whatever. Uh, I, I think it's a movie that's well worth checking out. Uh, will it be in my top 10 horror movies of, 2021 i don't know probably if it is it'll be at the low end okay um, but that not every movie can be the best horror movie of the year i like you said i'm excited about josh rubin to a point where when his name is attached to a project now that i've seen scare me and this werewolves within i'm going to check out his next project regardless it it you know and in a way, it's very similar to Jim Cummings, who directed The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Because right. when I see his name on a project now, I get excited. Like, oh man, this is the guy who did that movie. Right. I can't wait. And I feel like the horror community has so many of these young, up-and-coming writer-directors. You know, going back to uh, you know, Ari Aster and Mike Flanagan, who's, you know, he's been in the game now for a decade. But, uh, uh Jordan, oh God, uh, uh, Peel, Peel, Jordan, Jordan. Peel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Peel. You know, like you have so many of these people who are just getting their feet wet in horror. They've made one, two, maybe three movies, uh, and it, it's exciting that yeah, so many of them now. Hell yeah, yeah, and I enjoy just kind of finding them with you, you know, because I I don't know if I would have watched Scare Me if I had not been you know on the, doing the show with you, and I I wouldn't have watched this then either. You know, so that, that's a real benefit. Um, you know, speaking of Shudder, you mentioned Shudder before. I was thinking that for our channel moving forward. So you mentioned The Omen before. I haven't seen The Omen. That's one of those, oh, Pete hasn't seen that? Here's another one that, oh, Pete hasn't seen. It's kind of embarrassing. Near Dark. That just came on Shudder, didn't it? Yes. Right? yes. So I only saw Near Dark one time, uh, and it was a, a VHS rental back in the day and that movie has been notoriously hard to find it's never been i don't think it's ever been on a streaming service uh where you didn't have to like either buy it outright or pay like a very high rental fee um uh, so that's like a big deal that nice. near dark is is available and i think there's like a, a new blu-ray of it coming out soon but i i'm I can't wait to rewatch it. I haven't rewatched that in so long. And that came out the same year as Lost Boys. Talking about oh. talking about gateway horror movies that uh, Charlotte, yes. Charlotte, that was one of Charlotte, my first videos for the channel. Right. It was a, a 30 minute short, a 30, 30 minute, a 30 second short video uh, yeah. with her reaction to Lost Boys. Uh, so 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, it sounds like we both liked uh, Werewolves Within, but maybe we thought that it could have been a little bit better, especially considering the buzz around it. Yeah. I, you know, this is, this is one of those consistent problems that I think movies in general have, but the horror community does very often where we'll will explode the expectations yeah. of, of a film like werewolves within if i went into this cold if i if i was just flipping through voodoo or amazon prime and i saw this sitting there for seven bucks and i said oh josh rubin he directed scare me i love that movie oh, let me check this out probably would have liked it a little bit more but yeah. when you when you're on twitter Twitter and you're on, you know, Facebook and you see the horror community going crazy for this movie, it yeah. kind of lifted my expectations a little bit. And it's not the movie's fault, but it didn't reach those expectations for me. Right. So, and and you know, see, there's, there's certain like Twitter people that because of them, you get super excited or people get really excited and they kind of talk yeah, them up. And listen, like, I'm, I'm really happy movies like this blow up because it's, it, this is, you know, this isn't a big studio. This isn't a quiet place Two or the conjuring three. This is the type of movie that like we want to see get blown up on social media so that we shell out our seven bucks, or, you know, 15 bucks to, to rent it or buy it. So it doesn't bother me. It's just like sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I, Hereditary came out, what, two years ago, three years ago? And I'll argue with anybody that it's the best horror movie of the last 25 years. And, and, and it came out three years ago. So, you know, that I, I've set the expectations for that movie way too high for other people. Right. I get yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know what? There are some classics, though, that I think we should knock out on this channel. I think that we should cover The Omen on this channel because of Richard Donner's passing right yeah. and then um we'll watch near dark just because that just came up on shutter and i think that you and uh charlotte have not covered army of darkness yet right no we we did watch the evil dead the original from 1981 and evil dead part two uh we're going to watch army of darkness and then we're gonna watch the remake of evil dead uh from 2013 or the reimagining of evil dead um uh, which is for my money one of the best remake reimaginings ever made uh can't wait uh to do that and then and then maybe her and i'll do a quick franchise ranking video it's, it's really easy there's only four of them uh but also uh we we also want to maybe watch the ash vs evil dead series yes sir actually because i know you're sending me the blu-rays but i actually got the first season on dvd from my library and i already watched the first three episodes so oh very nice yeah, yeah so, so I'm enjoying it, man. I mean, not to dog on werewolves within, but I was laughing a lot more watching Ash versus the Evil Dead, you know? Yeah, well, it has, uh, you know, Kelly Maxwell is one of the great characters. Uh, you know, Dana DiLorenzo on that show. Uh, of course, Bruce Campbell. But Bruce everybody Campbell. on that show. Ray Santiago is Pablo. They, just, that, those three are just, they're, they're pitch perfect in every episode. Love them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, we can talk about that show coming up soon, too, maybe within yeah, the month definitely. of July as well. Cool, man. So uh, this is our first episode as Horror Dads, and I think yeah. we had a good time. We will talk to you guys soon when we're covering The Omen, 
near dark and some more evil dead content All make right. sure you guys stick here though on horror dads for horror the summer dad. horror dads right. see y'all soon